All right, welcome into Dog Central. I'm Graham Coffey. Uh, I am joined today by my friend and co-host, John Smith. John, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. So we are here today to talk about some ACC over-under win totals. Uh, August is breathing down our necks. We're only, I think, five Saturdays away from, from actual football, so it's actual coming football. quick. Uh, things are picking up over on the Dog Central website. Obligatory for us to say that if you have not checked out dogcentral.com, and uh, more importantly, if you have not uh, subscribed to dogcentral.com, you really should get over there, see what we got going on, especially if you're into this type of content. Uh, Josh yep. is not with us today. He is at the beach. He's looking tanned. He's looking sleek. He's looking svelte. <laughs> He's looking beautiful. He's kayaking in the bay right now. But he's getting season. Uh, he's getting season ready. He's getting ready for that's the right. Before Absolutely. he left, though, he posted uh, some incredible data on the Dog Central forum. Also, a really cool tool where you can go game by game for 2022. Pick your teams with a drop down menu and compare them uh, from an advanced statistics standpoint. So you can get all of that and. Uh, a bunch of recruiting intel from Jason and the Field Street Forum guys, uh, a bunch of my analysis and intel, and a bunch of fall camp updates starting here next week for six months for $33.18. We're ending that soon, so get over there and check it out. Yep. Uh, yeah, anything else you want to say about Dog Central before we jump into this? No, can't beat it. There's a, a, a budding community of um, Georgia and college sports fans in general that are very engaging over there too. So, so come check it out. It's re it really is a good deal. And I'm excited for uh, the content that's going to come as fall camp starts next week too. So it's going to be just getting started. Going to be a lot of stuff coming down the pike. Absolutely. So am I. Okay. Without further ado, let's get into the ACC win totals. Uh, interesting conference this year. We, you know, the highest win total is Clemson at 10 and a half, but there's, there's only two teams, or really three teams, with win totals under six and a half. That's Syracuse, Duke, and our friends down on North Avenue, Georgia Tech. So a lot of, not really a much at the top, but a very deep middle. And we're going to sit here and talk about if any of those teams we think can emerge into that top tier of the league. Uh, starting off, we've got Boston College, over-under win total of six and a half. It's a... Uh, it's juiced to the under, uh, minus 130 to the under, plus 110 if you want to bet that over of six and a half. So Vegas thinks the under is more likely. Looking at them, you've got a good secondary. Uh, Josh DeBerry mm -hmm. is a very good corner, ranks first among ACC slot defensive backs in coverage grade and places in the top five among ACC boundary corners in the same metric over the last two years. Mm -hmm. Um the thing that concerns me the most is the offensive line lost all of their starters. The flip side of that is that they gave up a 36.4% pressure rate in 2022, which was 113th in the FBS. And Phil Jerkovich was hurt for most of the year. And they still yep. managed to put together a pretty decent season. So uh, Jerkovich is a big kid. I think he plays okay under pressure. You got Zay Flowers mm -hmm. at wide receiver who is good. George Takas mm -hmm. transfers in from Notre Dame. Good tight end. Um, 
But I, I don't know where the running game is going to come from. And I just, you know, Jerkovich, I feel like, is one of those guys who has not played a ton. So we always talk about him as like, oh, when they have him, they're going to be great. But yeah. do we really know that? You know what I mean? It's a great – yeah. Yeah. They're also probably going to start um, <laughs> at least one redshirt freshman on the offensive line as well, too. So it's not – you know, it's not – just a matter of all the things you mentioned, which which are great stats to think about. That offensive line it, it has a lot of questions with a quarterback that um, that we haven't seen healthy and right. performing at its best level, right? So we so, so there's for me there's there's some confirmed losses on the schedule and uh, probably three toss ups, um, and so um, I'm I'm going to take the under of that six and a half. I think if it was if, you know, if it was five and a half, maybe I would take the over. Um, but mm-hmm. but the under, I, I think it's I think they're going to lose um, at Clemson, Wake Forest, NC State, and Notre Dame. So that's four. And then you know you've got Virginia Tech and Florida State and Louisville that I feel like um, are going to be toss ups for them. And so uh, I would I would count um, at least two of those in the loss column out of Virginia Tech, Florida State, and Louisville. So that gets you to six losses. Um, and I think they're a six and six team again personally yeah i'm sitting here struggling between six and seven myself um i think that rutgers game to open the season is kind of sneaky um greg shiano is doing a decent job up there i I feel like there's a lot of coin flip games on this schedule Mm -hmm. or ones that you know Mm -hmm. i think they're a a single digit underdog and Mm -hmm. if they had a little more experience up front i might get on the train but they don't, and yeah. so I just I feel like that's a lot to put on Yurkovich's shoulders, and I I don't know that we can you know obviously we hope everyone stays healthy all the time, but I don't know that we yeah. can trust that he's going to make it a full season behind a porous offensive line. So I am yeah. going to to jump with you onto that under of six mm-hmm. and a half, um, just barely though. This isn't one that I think I, I would go and bet my own money on. But if, if yeah. it was six, it might be it might be a push, right? Um, right, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's and and I think for me having two of those three toss up games I mentioned, you threw in Rutgers as a possibly fourth toss up game, but Virginia Tech and Florida State are both on the road as well too. So I think there's just yeah. a lot to overcome um, for them to get to that uh, seven win total this year. Absolutely. All right, mm-hmm. moving down the list. Uh, the Clemson Tigers, so highest win total in the conference, over under of 10 and a half. Um, we have them at plus 110 on the over and minus 130 on the under. So Vegas has this juiced a little bit to the under. Um, mm-hmm. Curious to get your thoughts on Clemson. You know, we we know the defense returns a lot up front. Um, yeah. But they also lose Venables. Mm-hmm. And you have DJU back, who struggled mightily last year. The offensive line returns, I think, four of its five starters, but it wasn't good. So I don't know if turning production is necessarily a great thing there. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. What, what, what's, what's your thoughts on Clemson just kind of on the whole? I think this is a really interesting year for them. <sighs> It's it is really interesting, right? Their their offense um, did not have a lot of success last year, 
Um, I don't know their historical net YPP, but I would imagine that last year was one of the first times when that was below one potentially in the last couple years at least right yeah last the last five six years Um, yeah yeah so um the offense is is a big question mark is dju dju i i also think the acc which we're going to talk about these these teams throughout this podcast but i think the acc is going to be better in some cases um across the board than they have been um historically when Clemson was, you know, just dominating that conference. When you look at teams like NC State or Wake Forest, um, Clemson has to play at uh, Notre Dame again, you know. Um, and so for me, I I think there's just a lot of questions on the offense that when you look statistically, they had a down season last year. Um, and they're not returning a lot of guys outside of, you know, I guess, I guess Will Shipley, Kobe Pace, DJU. Um, mm-hmm. But but these are these are all capable players, but can they rise to the occasion of what they were expected to be when they came to Clemson? Um, the defense, uh, what I will say is the defense, Brian Breesey, Miles Murphy, like those guys are are gonna be phenomenal. They were really great last year, had a had a decent success rate. Um uh, but again, they had some games where they were they were kind of exposed last year too. So 10 and a half normally you would kind of say for Clemson, you would kind of say, Hey, that's decent, decently safe territory to take an over on a, on a 10, 10 and a half for Clemson. Um, I, I, I'm struggling. I think Clemson is going to win 10 games uh, again, but I don't know that they're going to get to the 11th. Yeah. So for me, I think the way that I look at this is the offense almost has to get better just because mm-hmm. it was so bad last year. Um, I yeah. think not to toot my horn too loudly, mm-hmm. but uh, when we were doing our Georgia Clemson previews last year, I think I was actually the, the first person in America to point out the fact that all of Clemson's wide receivers had the same body type of like 6'5 yep. and run straight line. And I thought yep. that might be problematic for him because you need someone mm-hmm. to just run a slant on third and five sometimes. And, mm-hmm. and it was. So I, I do mm-hmm. think that they will have more diversity in the receiving core. Uh, on defense, I feel like there has to be a drop-off. And it's it's not because mm-hmm. the players aren't still really good. It's just Venables is a, a very, very good play caller. Um, Correct. The other side of this is that, let's just be honest here, um, Clemson is – Famous, infamous, notorious, whatever you want to call it, for stealing mm-hmm. offensive signals. That <laughs> reputation has gotten out over the years. It's legal. What they do is totally yeah, legal. Yeah, so I don't want yeah, to see, but, yeah. but, you know, it's like that reputation has gotten out over the years. And so, you know, like Louisville, uh, Malik Cunningham at ACC Media Days was like, yeah, we were driving for the game-winning touchdown and we were out of timeouts, so we had to go signal. And then they started stopping our offense for the first time all day. Um, mm-hmm. So we're looking forward to seeing them again and hiding our signals. Like it's it's not <laughs> it's not yeah. unknown. Um, but DJU, I just I can't talk myself into it. I, I can't. Yeah. Um, well, I know he slimmed down a little bit, but it's like, dude, last year his. <laughs> 
Yeah, like he was just not good. Uh, his uncatchable pass rate was 34.3%. Over a third of the balls yep. he threw were not yep. catchable. So I think they'll be better on offense, but I think they regress on defense, and so it kind of evens itself out. Looking at that schedule, um, you know, they're going to beat Georgia Tech. They're going to beat Furman. They're going to beat Louisiana Tech. They will beat Wake Forest because they will maul them up front. Um mm-hmm. I've watched too much NC State football in my lifetime to think that they're going to go down to Clemson and beat them in Death Valley, especially mm-hmm. for, you know, beat them two years in a row. Mm-hmm. At Boston College, could be a sneaky one just because Boston College has the type of defense that I think could maybe give them some trouble. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that they kind of cruise until November. And then you go yeah. at Notre Dame, Louisville, and Miami – and South Carolina maybe could be good. Mm-hmm. I I don't see them as an 11-win football team, but I, I look at their schedule and I'm just like, you know, they have the 52nd hardest schedule yeah. in the country, as they always yeah. do, and it's just like, who's going to beat yeah. them? They don't play, you know, a lot of – I don't know. I'm going to go under on sheer principle of not believing in the quarterback. <laughs> but, yeah, well – but I think you they have, start the season eight and zero, and then yeah, right. And I think that here's the here's the situation, right? I I think um, it is going to depend on Cabe Klubnik, who is supposedly really good, but going to be um, a freshman, or DJU, the play from one of those guys. And I do think Clemson. You know, I think one of the challenges is um, if Dabo, you know, sticks with DJU. I think those first four games um, probably set him up to be the guy. And then I think you're in a situation where the problems start. You hopefully you, yeah, you hopefully have gotten some reps with Cade because I think the problems are going to start as you get to that back half of the schedule. And again, there's nothing if it, statistically it really is. Can Clemson make, can they sustain defensively? They return 80% of their sacks and pressures from last year, which is great. Um, can't, but they lost Brent Venable. So can they sustain defensively mm-hmm. and improve offensively? Um, and I just don't, I personally don't, don't, uh, don't believe that they can do both to the tune of it's hard to win 11 games. It's hard to win 11 games, even with their schedule being 52nd, um, strongest in the nation. It's winning 11 games is difficult. And I think the ACC is ripe this season, um, to have a couple of those teams not Clemson off. And so I'm going to take the under 10 and a half too. I think it's a 10 and three season. Um, and I would probably, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see um, how Dabo responds if they, if they face some adversity with the quarterback position specifically early on. Yeah. Cause he does not really have a good history of making the right call there. Uh, especially, no. you, know, you look back at Deshaun. He cost them a couple games not pulling yeah. into the line yeah. earlier. He, he, he started Trevor Lawrence because he had to because Kelly Bryant was playing so poorly in that game, um, the fourth game of the year. He it's had like played Santa. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and he, he had to he had to make a move or Clemson was going to lose that game. And so um, yeah. I think he's I think he was forced into that one personally. So, yep. Agreed. Okay. Uh, All right. Moving forward. We have the Duke Blue Devils over under of three plus 100. 
If you want to bet over three on Duke, minus 120 on the under, we're not going to spend too much time on Duke. Mm. Uh, I, you know, they got the new coach in here. Uh, I, I like Mike Elko. I think he's a good coach. They'll mm-hmm. infuse a little bit of energy. Really what this is comes down to for me is looking at the non-conference. They've got Temple, mm-hmm. which I think is a mm-hmm. winnable game. They go to at Northwestern, also winnable. North Carolina A&T is sneaky. And at Kansas, I think Duke could start three and one or four and zero, oh, mm-hmm. and then just kind of fall into a win somewhere else on their schedule. Um, mm-hmm. I I do think that the offensive line will will actually be a, a, a bit of a strength, and I just think that Elko's defensive mind will infuse a little bit of edge to them. I'm going over on Duke. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the. I'm going to take the flip side. Um, here, here's the thing. Here's what I would say. At three, I would stay away because I think at three, it's a push. At, th- at three and a half, I'm taking the under. Um, so that's my personal opinion, right? So if it's three, I think that's yeah. probably going to be a push because I do think um, I do think they'll beat Temple. I do think they'll beat North Carolina A&T. And then I think they'll win, um, you know, one more Kansas probably um, would be the most likely one on the rest of that schedule um, or Georgia Tech. Um, so, uh, you know, but to your point, if you win both of those, then you're over the three. Um, I just, I just think it's going to be very, very difficult, um, with what they have returning with a new coach. Um, even though, you know, I, I believe in Mike Elko from a defensive standpoint, um, you know, I think last season was just, uh, was, was just pretty tough right it's three and nine is what you're trying to build off of so you're trying to find that fourth win i don't have a lot of statistical reasons to say that other than um i just look at their schedule and i just i'm just not a believer so i'm pushing at three um taking an under at three and a half fair enough i don't all right never gonna uh never gonna argue too hard with you on a a duke over under um florida state Over, under six and a half. This is juice to the over. Uh, you get minus yeah. 125 if you bet the over, and uh, you're going to get plus 105 on the under. What are your thoughts on FSU this year? Man, FSU, you know, for me, it, it's – this is a this is a Mike Norvell kind of show me season, right? Um, mm-hmm. And um, – and when I look at that schedule, I think it's a, I think it's set up for a show me schedule. Um, okay. You know, when I look at when I look at those twelve games, you have interesting for me because I I think you have a toss up game with Florida, and then you have losses at LSU, Louisville, NC State, Clemson, and Miami. So that puts you at five five what I would consider definite losses um, and then a toss up with Florida. And I think, you know, the biggest challenge for Florida state is that um, can they build on some of the things that they did last year defensively, they return, you know, almost 80% of their defensive production from last year and 70% of their offense and returning bad production doesn't mean, you know, it's it's still bad production if if it's bad. Um, But I do think um, 
Jordan Travis is going to be better at quarterback, I think you're going to be in a situation where you have a schedule that lines up pretty well for you to to build some momentum after that um, LSU and Louisville game. I think, you know, that's my take, you know, at, at six and a half, I'm going to say Florida State's going to win seven and lose five. Okay. So, yeah, I, I look at – I think Florida State kind of quietly improved the second half of last year. Um, yep. The first half of the season, they were 59th of 66 teams in Power 5 on offense. Hmm. In the second half, they were 36th of 66, and I think a lot of getting Jordan hmm. Travis back healthy in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He is, I think, a very, very good running quarterback. Uh, his arm is okay enough to make some plays yeah what's interesting for me is you know kenny dillingham leaves and alex atkins gets promoted the offensive line coach they've got a lot of running back talent their quarterback is a running threat i think that they are going to go with a pretty run heavy approach and i think that that is a sound move for them just because it's less likely they're going to turn the ball over it's less likely they're going to go three and out and only take 12 seconds off of the clock. You know, I think from a just a game state standpoint that they will just stay closer and stay within striking distance more often doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the ceiling is a little bit lower, but Florida State's not in a position to go and try and win a national championship right now. Uh, defense no. is the question for me. I think, mm-hmm. you know, they were, you know, really, really rough. At the beginning of the year last year, in the second half of the season, they were ninth in the Power Five on you know in terms mm-hmm. of total defense. Uh, so I I think it's like, do they keep that momentum? And when I'm asking myself that question, it's looking at their early schedule. We know they're going to beat Duquesne first week of the mm-hmm. season, twenty seventh. That game at LSU mm-hmm. feels so massive to me from a mental so standpoint. Like if they can pull that off, I think they they believe and they can get some things rolling. Um, I'm not ready to pick that game yet because I haven't done the yeah. proper amount of study on LSU. I'm, you know, I think LSU is a small favorite right now, even though that game is in New Orleans. So I don't know. Assuming they lose that game, I still think that they can beat Boston College, Wake Forest. Georgia Tech, Syracuse, and Louisiana, and Duquesne. I, yeah, I'm going over. I'm going. I, I think they get just maybe eight yeah. wins, but probably certainly seven. Um, betting on four. Yeah, they were it's tedious these days, but <laughs> yeah, I mean they were top. They were top thirty in um, in opponent yards per play last year. They just had their problem was they were 107th in the uh, number of plays per game that their opponent ran on defense. So they just couldn't get off the field. Um, and I yeah. think, you know, from a defensive, from a defensive standpoint, I think that if they can, if they can put string some things together to get off the field, I think they have, they will have an improved offense. Now the offensive coordinator is the wild card, um, obviously with Dillingham leaving, but, um, but I look at the schedule and I, I can see seven games on that schedule that will go Florida state's way. And if they mess around and beat LSU, which I'm with you, I'm not ready to pick that game either. But they mess around and win that one. I think it could really, it, it could be a good, 
maybe even an eight or nine win season for Florida State. Knock on all the wood. I'm not saying Florida State is going to win eight or nine games, but um, mm-hmm. they are that they are that type of team right now where um, you get a little bit of momentum going the right direction, and I think they have um, some players who can play for sure. Uh, okay, moving right. forward, we have Georgia Tech over under three and a half. The over, it's actually juiced to the over at minus 125, surprisingly. Yeah. Uh, and plus yeah. 105 on the under. It's, I, uh, it's not, wait, wait, it's yeah. not that surprising when you look at that schedule. They have old Miss. No, it's, it's juiced to the, it, it's oh, juiced, it's to, juiced the over. to the over. Oh, I thought you yeah. said it was juiced. Okay. I thought you said, so uh, yeah, that's yeah, like you, you uh, you have a smaller mm. return on on your dollar for betting the over than you do the under, which yeah, shocks me. yeah, no, that's very yeah, very shocking. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you were talking about the non-con, uh, Ole Miss at UCF, Georgia, and Georgia, <laughs> and they get Western Carolina, but it's like that's a brutal ass non-con uh, for a coach that desperately, desperately needs to show some signs of life, just because. Mm-hmm. they're going to be a, a double-digit underdog in probably all of those games, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm I, not – I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, for me, um, I think, you know, the other challenge that you have um, with Georgia Tech is not just being the underdogs, but they are they are returning very little production from a season where they were pretty bad. They lost Shamir Gibbs to Alabama. Um, you know, uh, I think – Josh in in the stats that he uh, shared with the Dog Central community and of subscribers um, says Georgia Tech is returning you know forty seven point nine percent of their production from last year and they weren't good last mm-hmm. year they were three and nine last year um, and so yeah and they had Jameer Gibbs right so um, so for me I I don't see that I don't see how they're going to win three games I I definitely don't see how they're going to win four. Um, I think they'll probably beat Western Carolina. They may, you know, mess around and beat Duke or win, you know, maybe Virginia or some one of those types of games. But they're going to lose to Clemson. They're going to lose Ole Miss. I think they'll lose to UCF. I think they're going to lose to Pitt. They're going to lose to Miami. They're going to lose to Georgia, uh, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Florida State. Um, You just go down that list and – I, I have them at, at two to three wins um, at most this year. Yeah, I, I think if this was going to work for Jeff Collins, last year was kind of the year they returned almost their entire roster, and yeah, you know they were a pretty veteran laden team. You had you had mm-hmm. uh, Gibbs, Jeff Sims. I think mm-hmm. can be very electric when mm-hmm. he has some help. I just don't think he has any help. I'm going under. We're not going to spend any more time mm-hmm. on Georgia Tech. Uh, Louisville, one of the more fascinating teams in the ACC, over mm. under of six and a half, uh, plus 105 to the over, minus 125 to the under. So Vegas is shading towards the under on this one. Um, hmm. really interesting year for Louisville. Uh, if it was not for the recruiting they were doing right now, I would say this is a mm-hmm. kind of a, a make or break year for Scott Satterfield just because. People in Louisville are still pissed that he flirted with the South Carolina job a couple years ago, but yeah, he's got a bunch of kids from California and Ruben Owens uh, committed to him. And so I don't think he's going anywhere, but 
an interesting just I, I think they did a sneaky good job in the portal. Mm-hmm. Um they they mm-hmm. brought in Tyler Hudson, who was a central Arkansas wide receiver, but really mm-hmm. tore it up uh at the FCS level. They they bring in Tyon Evans from Tennessee. Malik mm-hmm. Cunningham is back. Uh he was the only FBS quarterback with at least a 90 rushing grade for PFF mm-hmm. in 2021. So I think there's a high floor on the offense, but the question a little bit is just the defense, which has been kind of mm-hmm. a struggle since Satterfield got there. They added six defensive backs from the portal mm-hmm. who have mm-hmm. a combined 5,000 career snaps. They do return a safety and a defensive back in Keetrell Clark. So I'm I'm kind of I think I'm high on the Cardinals, man. Um yeah. I I like you know some of the things that that uh Cunningham does just I don't know. He's not putting the ball in bad spots too much. Looking at his his throw chart, he's very comfortable throwing the ball down the field. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that Louisville is what everyone wants. Not everyone, but like (laughs) we were just talking about Florida State and kind of the scenario of like how things go well for them. I think that's really the team that Louisville turns out to be is like – Everything went right for Florida State is kind of how Louisville will look. Um, at Syracuse, at UCF, that UCF game in week two is going to be a big swing game for them, I feel like. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. I mean, looking at the schedule, you get at Syracuse, at UCF, Florida State at home, South Florida at mm-hmm. home. Like your, your home games in the ACC <clears> – <throat> Are Virginia, Wake Forest, James Madison, Florida State, and NC State. That's not bad. You do have to go to Clemson and Pittsburgh, and you end that season. You end the season with Kentucky, but I don't know. I think they set up pretty well, man. Oh, I think so too. Um, I, you know, you, you, you laid it out pretty well. Uh, Malik Cunningham. I mean, he had what almost. Did he have over four thousand yards of total offense last year? If not, he was pushing it pretty pretty close. I believe so. Um, yeah, yeah. And 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 you mentioned, you know, I think I think the the receivers that they got from the transfer portal, um, the guy from Central Arkansas and D Wiggins from from Miami, I think are going to be very strong. Um, and it, it, their schedule sets up pretty pretty nice. I mean, I think there's not much to hate about uh, Louisville. You know, picking a picking their schedule other than they went, you know, six and seven last year. But I think last year when you look the Clemson game was a good example where um, they were competitive in that game. They probably, you know, they had a chance to, um, to win that game. So when I look at their schedule, I see, uh, I see six or seven wins um, in the regular season for sure. Um, and so I'm going to go uh, for me, I'm going to go over the six, the six and a half. Um, Cause I think seven, Seven is definitely doable. I think, you know, getting to the the eighth or the ninth might be difficult, but um uh-huh. but I just but when you're looking at it, it's like, okay, you got Syracuse, you got South Florida, you've got James Madison, you got 
you know, you got a lot of games that are, um, you know, if you end up losing, for example, to Wake Forest, you got James Madison the next week. And so um, I think right. you got some get right games before you go to Clemson, for example. So I think Louisville has a nice schedule uh, to win seven games this year. Yeah, I mean, I think that they're going to – I could see them coming in. I Wake Forest is going to regress a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think they're kind of the clear – maybe end up being the clear third team in the ACC Atlantic behind NC State and Clemson. Um, I'm I going over on the Louisville. I feel good about yep. it. Same. Same. All right. Probably one of the most interesting ones on this list. Miami over under eight and a half, plus 100 to the over, minus 120 to the under. Um, man, this one is very, very fascinating. Uh Tyler Van Dyke was really, really good last year. Kind of came out mm-hmm. of nowhere for De'Ara King. Very favorable non-conference. Bethune, Cookman, Southern Miss, NC State. They do go to Texas State in week three. I think that's a fascinating game. Um, 11 guys come in from the portal. They, they have a very high ceiling, I feel like. Uh, Van Dyke, second highest big time throw rate percentage from PFF in the country last year at 7.1%. Um, you've got Brashad Smith who was kind of underused in that offense last year, but comes back. Tyreek Stevenson is still there to sort of anchor the defense. James Williams is on the back and I think they have a very good secondary. They have some stuff on the interior line. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year they were, 18th in the country in EPA per pass rank, but 102nd in EPA per run. Uh, they bring in Josh Gaddis as the OC. Yeah, They bring in Kevin Steele as the defensive coordinator. Lots of big name yeah. hires. Yeah. What say you on Miami? Yeah, I'm uh, personally, I, I'm, I'm high on Miami. Um, I think um, – I th- I'm I'm a believer in Josh Gaddis, for example, uh, when he has the weapons. I mean, what some of the stuff he did um, at Michigan, uh, you know, was just like he did a fantastic job over the course of the last two to three years of getting that Michigan offense into a place where they could really score points and they could do it in you know in a, right. in a couple of different ways. And I think he's going to have a lot more weapons um, at Miami than he had at Michigan. Um, a lot more talent, you know, athletically. On the offense, I'm a believer in Tyler Van Dyke. Um, I also think, you know, I think Mario Cristobal, um, he has he has juice right now. Like he has juice, he has in the program, um, and that's really important. I think he has the coaching staff that will make these kids believe that they can compete right away under his system and under his program. And so for me, um, uh, I, I think Miami is going to surprise – uh, is going to surprise a lot of people um, and win, you know, nine, maybe 10 games. Um, so I'm going to take the over uh, from, from my standpoint, you know, I think all the, all the stats you mentioned, but also you have seven starters on that defense that are back. Um, and so even with, you know, Tyreek Stevenson anchoring that defense, you have uh, a lot of guys that played a lot of snaps last year um, that are coming back. Um, and I, th- I think it's a, I, th- I think it's going to be a, a good year for Miami. <clears throat> so at Oregon, I was critical of Cristobal 
for being a little bit too run heavy at times, trying to be yeah. too much, you know, kind of 12 personnel type stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Very heavy mm-hmm. up front, a lot of man-, man ball. He is a former offensive line coach. He's an offensive mm-hmm. line guy. Oh, I think at Miami, they have lacked that physical line of scrimmage point of attack type of run game for mm-hmm. what decades now. And yeah, so I think yeah. that what, what he brings is really what they need. Uh, at some I point agree. we will have the conversation about is kind of the crystal ball philosophy holding Miami back, but that's not going to be this year. Um, Agree. This year, I think they're going to have a good season. I think they win their division in the ACC. Mm-hmm. I think they they start 2-0 and with Bethune-Cookman mm-hmm. and Southern Miss. They go to Texas A&M in week three and upset Jimbo and the Aggies. They beat Middle Tennessee. Uh, I think they roll through their schedule. I think at Virginia Tech, October 15th could be a sneaky one. That's a tough place to play. But, you know, they, they don't draw NC State, which I think is a, a huge plus mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. They they play Pittsburgh last week of the season, and they get them at home, which is a big advantage. Yeah. They don't have to go up to the cold. We know how Miami does in the cold, not well. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the last last month of the season, you've got Florida State at home. I think they'll win that game, mm-hmm. but that's a rivalry game. Weird things happen. Then yeah. they go to at Georgia yeah. Tech. Should be fine there. But yeah, you close with at Clemson and then Pittsburgh at home. That's going to be interesting, but I think Miami. Uh, I'm going to call them a sleeper college football playoff team. Yeah, here's what I'll point out for folks. I I agree with you. One thing I'll point out: Josh Gaddis in 2018. Josh Gaddis was the co-offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach at Alabama. So he's the offensive coordinator under Mario Cristobal. So I do think the Mario philosophy is going to be there, but you don't have Joe Moorhead standing beside you. You've got a guy who, you know, uh, was, you can define what co-offensive coordinator means at Alabama, but you have a guy who was coaching wide receivers when Alabama was averaging 330 yards passing a game and and 45 and a half points a game. Rugs, Judy Smith, all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think Josh Gaddis, right? Like he he knows how to use those athletes. I think it's a different. There's just going to be a little bit of a different juice than Mario probably had at Oregon with a with a guy like Joe Moorhead, who who is a good coach in his own right, but but a very mm-hmm. different uh, philosophically. And so um, I I agree with you. I think Miami's a sleeper a sleeper team if they can if they can string together <clears throat> some momentum in that schedule um, and get going. Uh, Get going downhill, as uh, as our, my old coaches used to say. If you can get the get the program going downhill, I look at you know week three uh, at Texas A and M being that you know for them. If they can mm-hmm. if they can uh, win that game and and you know I can I think they can make a run to by the time they get to um, at Clemson in week twelve um, and Pittsburgh in in uh, week thirteen. I think you could be really you could be having some interesting conversation about Miami. I agree. Yeah. I think, I think the big question is just, will they 
kind of step on the banana peel somewhere along the way as Miami is <laughs> want to do. Right. Um, right. I, you know, and, and as Oregon was known to do under Cristobal too, right? Like, I don't think yeah, they're well, ready. It, it's not prime, prime time yet. Like, we're not talking about, you know, I do think they're a sleeper playoff team, but I think if they got in the playoff, they get blown off the field by anyone else. It's there. a it's a Michigan situation, right? Like it's it's yeah. a Michigan it's, situation. It's, I, I feel it's like. a Michigan State situation for me. Maybe there you like go. Okay. the year that there they go. made okay. it. Like I, I think, you know, Michigan was maybe a little bit of a step up from from what yeah. Miami will be. I mean, I just. Really, it just comes down to the schedule, man. I mean, I just I, I don't think there's that much on it. Uh, and I think if they can win that game at Texas A&M, then things just kind of fall their way. And I think that they will. We'll talk about Texas A&M in a couple weeks. But, uh, yeah, I, I still think Clemson will beat them probably. Or, or you know, like I, I'm not sitting here thinking they can go 12-0, and 0, but I think 10-2 and 2 is – very, very likely, and I think eleven and one is a possibility. Yep, same. Cool. All right. All right. Uh, UNC over under of seven and a half. It's juice to the under at minus one thirty five. Mm. Um, kind of a program in flux a little bit. Last year, your preseason mm-hmm. top ten things really fall apart week one. Um, mm-hmm. They don't really, you know, you, you lose Sam Howell. The offensive line has been pretty abysmal. Uh, they lost a lot of pass catchers. Josh Downs does come back. They have good defensive backs in Storm Duck and Tony Grimes. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, they do have some, got, some good recruits up front. Yeah, but, you got Gene Chiswick back as the defensive coordinator. So, oh God, uh, (laughs) that good or bad? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I I don't think that's good. I don't personally. I don't think uh, I don't think Mac Brown either. Yeah, in a in a year where he is, um, you know, I mean, it's hard to say if Mac Brown is you know fighting for his job, but in a year where he's definitely on the hot seat coming off of of a season that should have been uh, much better for them. I don't think Gene Chizik, you know, a guy who hasn't coached uh, in six years, and the last time he coached, he was a Are defensive sure coordinator in North Carolina. Is he? I'm pretty sure he got. I think he's on the staff, but I'm not sure if he's the defense. Oh, okay. All right, got it. No, Maybe you're I right. That wait, wrong. wait. Yeah, I thought <laughs> he's the assistant head coach for defense. Head coach for defense, Assist- which yeah. So the defensive okay. coordinators okay. are Tommy Thick. Pin and Charlton Warren, who we remember from his time at Georgia. Okay, so again, I'm going to call Gene Chizik the defensive coordinator. (laughs) Uh, Fair enough. uh, Assistant head coach for defense, and then you got two guys that are so all that they don't know what they're doing on defense. I think it makes the yeah, I think it makes the point even even worse uh, by saying is he the defensive coordinator, and then you got these two guys that are co-defensive coordinators. Um, I, I, I just think, you know, North, North Carolina, um, I think they're going to be in a tough, in a tough situation defensively. Um, they do return, you know, a decent amount of their defensive production from last year, but again, um, it, it just wasn't that good. I mean, they had situations last year, um, where, 
they were, you know, giving up 45 points to Georgia Tech, right? And, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and just being in situations that, that just didn't make a lot of sense, um, for some of the talent that they have on that side of the ball. So for me, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's, I think it's going to be under, um, for me. I, it'll be interesting to see how they do, um, you know, in that early game, uh, when they go to um, Appalachian State, I think that second week, that's going to tell the tale for me. And I know that's weird to say an Appalachian well, State game. It's kind of setting the tone, but um, nah, I just, but that's I mean, a game. That's a game. I, years ago. Yeah, that's a game. I think they very well could lose, and uh, that's going to tell the tale for me. So for me, I actually think things set up sneakily well for North Carolina this year. Um, You know, Phil Longo is a really good offensive coordinator. He kind of made chicken salad out of, you know what, last year. Um, Mm -hmm. That offensive line was extremely porous, and he found a way to get Sam Howell to run for over a 1,000 yards. They were fourth in explosive play rate in the country, 15.3%, ninth in EPA per run. 37th in EPA per pass, pretty well balanced. The defense, as you pointed out, has been abysmal, but I think this is kind of the time. You get Tony Grimes and, and Storm Duck at, at corner. That's two very, very good, good corners. Yeah. yeah, you get uh, Miles Murphy inside up front. You get Vo- Raymond Voashek inside up front. I think – this is the year where they're good enough on defense. I, the, the linebacking core is still very suspect for me. I mean, like they have been emasculated when it comes to run defense for the last couple of seasons, but you do have Travis Shaw up there too, former five-star recruit. Like he could contribute early. I think that they're going to be better on defense. And I think that they will be, pretty good on offense. I, I just don't think there's that many strong defenses in the ACC that's going to really disrupt anything they want to do. Um, they've got Notre Dame in the in the conference schedule, so that hurts them a little bit. Um, they do go to Miami, but I think that they go I think eight and four is, is there. Um, I think they lose to, to Notre Dame, Miami and NC state for sure. Mm -hmm. But also NC state is man. That's that late game against UNC is one that they will lay an egg sometimes historically. So who knows? Um, Yeah. yeah, I I like the over. I'm going to quietly back the Mac. Uh, Go for it. I am. All right. NC State, over eight and a half, under, or I'm sorry, over, under eight and a half, minus 150 to the over, plus 130 to the under. Uh, One of the more fascinating teams in college football. Some people have them as a preseason top 10. Devin Wee is a very good quarterback. They return a lot of wide receivers. Um, It's, you know, they, they, they did lose their their two top running backs. The defense has been very good. North NC State has this 
weird habit of putting out NFL defensive linemen with regularity. Yeah. Um, I mean, regularity. Yeah. I like Thayer Thomas is back. Very good wide receiver. Probably the best slot receiver in the ACC. Um, Tim Beck is still the offensive coordinator, which concerns me. I do think that NC State has a habit of like run, run, pass sequences where they mm-hmm. get behind the chains, but Devin Leary bails them out a lot. Um, mm-hmm. In the interest of time, I'm going to go ahead. Hold on, actually. I'm not sure if I'm ready to do this. Please. <laughs> All right. <go> ahead. <laughs> yeah, I th- that's you just summed up the challenge with NC State, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's it. That's the way everyone feels, um, is that uh, the hype is there. They have 18 starters returning. Um, the The linebacking group, right, it's, I think is going to be phenomenal. Um, Devin Leary, I think is going to be, is going to be good again, but they play a lot of close games, right? I mean, I think, I think when you look at the schedule, when you look at the schedule, I think it's another year of a lot of close games with NC state. And so when you're thinking eight and a half, are you, are you saying, you know, that they're going to be on the winning side of a close game, um, at, you know, with Virginia Tech or a winning side of a close game with Florida State um, versus being on the losing side. And so um, I think you, for me personally, I think you definitely have losses at Clemson. I think you definitely have a loss at Louisville. Um, and, uh, it, but I look at, but I look at the rest of that schedule and I'm like, can I find another loss? I think they're going to be close, but Ooh. is there going to be another loss? And so that's, that's already at 10 wins there with those two losses. Um, so I'm going to take the right. over. I, I think there's going to be a lot of close games, but I don't, I don't see, I can't find four losses um, with the linebacking group, assuming they stay healthy, the linebacking group that NC state is going to have and uh, what they're returning on offense. I think they're going to have enough firepower and enough uh, kind of bow your neck on defense to win those close games. It always scares me to back in a season long situation at teams that find themselves in more close games than they, they really should. Um, right. NC state was 24th in turnover margin in the country last year, which turnovers are mostly luck. So um, I don't know. I think if you're in the top 15% of the FBS, like they were just goes mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. They went nine and three last year, and it felt like everything kind of went right for them. They won in double yeah. overtime against Clemson. They had a miraculous comeback at home against North Carolina. Um, yep. I oh. NC State is a football program has never ever in their history not once won ten games, not ten regular season yeah. games, ten games at all, including a bowl win. They've never. Yeah won the ACC uh, division that they're in. They've never gone to a conference title game. I I think this could be the team to do it, but it's not going to be my money that, that that is riding on breaking the trend. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I actually think that things went so well for them last year that I'm going to go under eight and a half. I think they win eight games. Okay. I think okay. it's classic NC State shit. I – 
you're you're you know it. You you grew up a North Carolinian, so you so you know it. Um, yeah, for me, I I look at the flip side of it and I say, two two of the three games they lost last year, they lost uh, forty five to forty two Wake Forest. They lost thirty one to thirty in sure. Miami. Um, Fair. They could have they could have had those ten wins last year, and they were turning eighteen starters. And so, uh, Fair. I, I, yeah, it's I I'm I'm gonna believe the hype train at nine to ten wins, although. <sighs> You really made me think about it when you use all those nevers. Um, so I, I, I nevers a long time. It. Yeah, I would stay away from it with 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 your own personal money if it were me. I'm not going to be betting this personally, but if you're asking uh, what I think, I think it's going to be the over. I smell this one from a mile away, buddy. That's <laughs> not under. Um, go with go with Graham. Go with Graham. <laughs> <laughs> Pittsburgh over under eight and a half. Uh, it is juiced evenly both directions, minus one ten and minus one ten. Uh, you've got Keaton Slovis coming in. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a very interesting kind of development there. Mm-hmm. We saw him have one good year at USC and one really bad year at USC. So what is he? Uh, Mark Whipple being gone from Pittsburgh concerns me a whole hell of a lot, especially after Pat yeah. Narduzzi. Showed up at ACC Media Days last week and <laughs> talked all that smack about how his offensive coordinator didn't run the ball against Wake Forest, even though they were going for ten <laughs> yards a pop. Their their run, their pass to run rate in that game was like fifty two percent to forty eight percent. Like, and, and they didn't run anywhere close to ten yards a pop. So what this tells me is that he wants to go back and man ball this thing, and that scares me. Uh, they play West Virginia in game one. Our old friend JT Daniels versus Keaton Slovis, the guy that took his job at USC. UC yep. opening Thursday night storyline for us. Then they go to Tennessee. Or the, Tennessee goes to them. They get Tennessee at home yep. the very next week. Um, yep. The other non-conference is at Western Michigan. Why they're going to Western Michigan, I don't know. But they did lose to Western Michigan at home last year. And then they play Rhode Island at home. I, uh, I I'm, I'm in on a regression here. I think that Narduzzi is going to go back to just kind of play in that like old school Will Muschamp style yep. of football. You said coach where he makes yeah. games seven to 10 point games when they could be 24 point games. I think yeah, West Virginia sets them in week one. Yeah, I agree. My personal opinion is that Narduzzi was saying some of that because he has to go back to that. Like, I don't think he has the – I think he knows that he's not going to have the skill players outside of maybe, you know, Kenan Slovis. I I don't I don't think Narduzzi, when he said that for me, my spidey sense says he's not a believer in his ability to have a Kenny Pickett and a Jordan Addison again this year. And so he's, he's kind of sending signals that that's where they're going to go. He's also a stubborn guy who's been there for however many years, and they finally have – they finally have, you know, uh, an off the chart season statistically offensively, and he's got to uh, he's got to take shots at it. So all of that adds up for me for regression. Um, I think they're going to lose to West Virginia. Uh, I think they're mm-hmm. also going to lose uh, at Miami. I think they're going to lose uh, to Tennessee. I think they're going to lose mm-hmm. to Louisville. Um, mm-hmm. And that's four. That gets you to the under right there. And then there's a couple other games that I also think are, you know, Virginia Tech, North Carolina, right? Syracuse. I mean, you. Yeah, you can you can make enough of a case where um, Pittsburgh is a six win team. 
by the time it's over this year. I agree. Yeah. There's no, I don't see it. There ain't nope. nine wins here. Yep. Not with that coach. Right. Uh, Syracuse <laughs> over under five. Uh, Dino Baber's job is on the line. They have probably the best running back in the they have the best running back in ACC. ACC. He yeah. may be one of the backs in college football and Sean Tucker. Uh, Garrett yeah. Schrader is back. He accounts for a good quarterback run game. They had the 11th most efficient rushing attack in Power 5 a season ago. Uh, mm-hmm. But Schrader really struggles through the air. And so I think that's the curious thing. Um, they – I watched their spring game, and I was really impressed. Uh, they, they brought in Robert and a new offensive coordinator. I have to remind myself where he came from. But they're opening things up quite a bit. And I think they have – oh, yeah, he was the offensive coordinator at Virginia last year, which, yep. Yep. you know, was had a very good passing game with Brendan Armstrong. Yep, yep. yep. I'm kind of sneaky high on Syracuse. I, I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to, you know – come out of nowhere and win nine games by any means, but like they play at Connecticut. They open with Louisville, which I think they'll lose. They go to Connecticut. Mm -hmm. I think they win. Uh, Purdue at home, I think is a winnable game. I think that's kind of a toss up for them. Virginia at home, I think is a winnable game. Wagner at home, Mm -hmm. they win. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it just gets tough. Yeah, it it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, Teams, if you look kind of throughout the last decade in the ACC, like teams struggle to come up and play at the Carrier Dome. Uh, Clemson's been bit up there a couple times. Uh, yeah. NC State has been bit up there. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think I'm a mm, – this is a tough one. Yeah, you get – do you have a pick for Syracuse? Yeah, I'm going to um, – I think they win five games. Um, and uh, and there's, you know, maybe one or two more that could be a toss-up. But, um, you know, I, I just think that stretch with NC State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh, Florida State, like they're going to go at two pit after NC State, Clemson, and Notre Dame. Um, mm-hmm. with no, with no bye week And, um, and I, I just think it's going to be tough for them that, that through that sled of Florida state, Wake Forest, Boston college. So, um, I haven't won in five games. I'm calling it a push, um, at five. I think that Syracuse could improve greatly as a team and maybe mm-hmm. not improve drastically from a record standpoint. There you go. And- That's the challenge, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do think for Louisville, that's a sneaky week one game. Um, I, I like Louisville to win it, but I, I could see a scenario where, where that goes a little bit wrong for them. Uh, I'm Since we're picking win totals here, I always assume I have to pick over or under, so I'm going to pick over because – I just kind of believe in what they're yeah. doing, but I agree with you I that like five it. is yeah. the most likely scenario. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Virginia over under seven and a half, uh, juiced heavily to the under minus 150 for the under plus 130 for the over. Elliot takes over as the head coach there after uh, mm-hmm. an anemic Clemson offense 
last year. I, I think my – I'm just going to go ahead and come out and say it. Like, Robert Denae, the guy we were just talking about that's at Syracuse right now, and Brock Mendenhall, I thought, did mm-hmm. a very phenomenal job with Virginia and Brendan Armstrong last year and, and created a very explosive <clears throat> passing attack, one of the most explosive in college football. Uh, I watched Tony Elliott – get mentioned for head coaching jobs for half of a decade, despite taking talents like Deshaun and Trevor and, and DJU and running offenses that were serviceable, but like really didn't do anything schematically to take advantage of, of a lot of the matchups they could have. I, I felt like Agreed. if someone else was running those offenses with that talent, you could have been talking about like, 2019 burrow kind of seasons at certain points like maybe not quite that good but no trevor lawrence in my opinion is trevor lawrence should have been in the bryce young conversation with multiple heismans if you if tony elliott (laughs) runs the offense that he should have that he should have run with trevor lawrence Uh, right yeah i agree i mean i I think you know they do get arms back they get uh keaton thompson back who's a fun player he runs he throws he passes he was a quarterback at mississippi state at one point in his career i just i just think i think they regress i just i don't trust i need to see it before i believe it they've got richmond at home they'll win that i think they lose at illinois week two on the road um i think they could lose at syracuse week four after beating old dominion in week three Yep. I mean, the, the back half of that schedule, Miami, North Carolina, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh, they got Coastal Carolina at home November 19th. Yep. I could see them losing that game, especially if, if things have gone poorly to that point in the year. They go mm-hmm. to Virginia Tech at the end of the year. I, I'm, I'm way under on this. Me too. I think you've got losses at Illinois. I think you've got losses at Louisville, Miami, um, North Carolina. And then you've got um, Syracuse, and I'm going to count, you know, Pitt um, as a loss as well. So I think mm-hmm. that gets you already to that number. And then you got toss-ups for me with Coastal Carolina, Virginia Tech. Um, I think you end up in, you know, maybe five and seven, four and eight territory. For sure, uh, Virginia yep. Tech over under six and a half, plus one twenty-five to the over, minus one forty-five to the under. So Vegas is quietly uh, high on the Hokies. <laughs> New head coach, Brent Pry. I really like Pry coming in. Uh, mm-hmm. Grant Wells transfers in from Marshall. Sneaky good quarterback. Uh, I think he was very good at Marshall, actually. Um, I, I think he can bring some explosion to that passing game that hasn't been there in a little mm-hmm. while. I'm just sort of interested to see what they have on defense. Um, last year, 110th in, in the FBS and EPA per yeah. run rank. Not good. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on Votek? Yeah, I mean, Virginia Tech is, has um, – they haven't won more than six games in three out of the last four seasons, right? Yeah. Um, and so um, – so you're not in a situation where you have to really, for me, you have to really be looking for something that stands out that you're like, this is the reason that now out of 
uh, and I know you had a, a COVID, you know, kind of shortened season in there, but, but still sure. you're, you're in a, you're in a situation where, um, 2019 was the last time they won more than six games. Um, and I, I I'm going to take the, the under, I think they probably win six. Um, it, you know, there it's a, it's a tough situation because I do think Brent Pry, um, has a fantastic, he has a fantastic situation that he's walking into, right. Um, in terms of there's, there's been a lot of, uh, there's a lot of blank space for him to work with. Um, you're not walking into a situation where, uh, where you have, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of folks, uh, that are, that are kind of cemented in position. So I think you'll be able to, to put together a pretty good roster, but I don't think, I think his best situation is, is seven wins, which makes me think that's not going to happen personally. So I'm going to, I'm going to go, uh, under the six and a half. So I, I do like some of the things that prize done, uh, he yeah. hired Joe Rudolph, who was the Wisconsin offensive coordinator to come coach his offensive line. I feel like that was a big coup. Um, they don't really have any sort of established running back. I think if they can find a running game, mm-hmm. they will be good. I, I trust the offensive line will be all right, which mm-hmm. is an improvement for, but there's just too many swing games on this schedule. You know, it's like Boston yeah. college is a swing game. West Virginia is a swing game yeah. at UNC swing game at, you know, like, Virginia yeah. swing game. Yeah. If you think the ceiling for them is seven and five and the number is, is six and a half. Right. I'm with you. I just see too many games that are toss ups that for me to believe um, in it, believe it enough to bet the over personally. Yeah. I'm going under, under six mm-hmm. and a half. Um, Wake Forest over under eight and a half wins. Plus 110 for the over, minus 130 on the under. This is our last ACC win total. Uh, the club offense, we know it. We love it. Long points for days, baby. Uh, Dave Clawson, one of the best coaches in college football. I I think here's simply put, my logic on Wake Forest is uh, I just don't know that anything has happened that's going to really change mm-hmm. that defense. And – they are equipped to win those track meet kind of games where they're trading possessions back and forth. But I, I just don't know how often you can do it. Sam Hartman mm-hmm. is really, really good. There's not really mm-hmm. any part of the field that, that he struggles to throw to AT Perry is a very good wide receiver. Like that offense is going to be dynamic. Again, I just don't know if they can avoid getting caught in the shootouts. Uh, they'll beat VMI. They go on the road to Vandy. I expect them to win that game. I expect them to beat Liberty. Mm-hmm. I expect them to lose to Clemson. Mm-hmm. Florida State, kind of a toss-up game. They beat Army. You know, Boston College. Like, I, I just I don't see the over. I, I think they'll go – Probably eight and four, seven and five, but I'm not. I'm not taking Wake to win nine games. Yeah, I agree. To win nine games, that means that you have to. Everything um, has to go right. For yeah, you. Yeah, you. You lose. You know, 
um, the ones that you mentioned, but then you also, you know, you have to, everything has to go right at Louisville, North Carolina, Syracuse, um, Florida State, State. State. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't see it happening. Although I will say Sam Hartman uh, with the Peaky Blinders fit that he wore to media days did want to make me believe a little bit. Like he he showed up with – I didn't see this picture. Oh, man. So he showed up up dressed like Peaky Blinders with the little hat with the beard. Right now. Oh, yeah. He was was ready. And so, um, so, yeah. But even with – even then, um, I don't – Oh, this is cold, dude. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It was such a good. It was, it was it was really good. But even with the Peaky Blinders fit, I don't think there's enough there for me to bet the over. I I want to bet I think, it. I like. Yeah, I'm, I'm I like. They, uh, this is like X Files for me. I want to believe. Yeah. But yeah. I, I think eight and four is like I. I don't know though. It's like I look on the schedule. It's two games. <laughs> The only game I can really say for sure that I know they're going to lose is Clemson because of the yeah. discrepancy at yeah. the line of scrimmage. Um, yeah. I it's, I don't know. Like, I could see them going and beating NC State and Raleigh. Yeah. I could see them Louisville. I could see them. Ooh. Yeah, I just – I think it's just going to be hard for – them to not regress a little bit. So I'll go under, but don't be shocked if they go over. All right. That's it. We made it through all 14. Absolutely. Thank you guys for pairing with us. We did 14 teams in an hour and 10 minutes. I think that's pretty, pretty solid pace. Uh, Good bang for your buck. If you're listening to the podcast, if you are listening to this podcast or you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe, please rate and review us. It helps us a lot. If you really love us, send it to your friends or, you know, tell somebody about it. Uh, we're going to do some fun stuff here in coming months with uh, some sticker gives, giveaways and stuff. So be on the lookout for that. We already told you to go subscribe to Dog Central, but we'll tell you one more time. Go check out Dog Central. Subscribe. Please come visit us there. We'd love to interact with you, answer all your questions, hang out. Uh, John, you got anything else to say before we go? No, that's it. Thanks for tuning in. Awesome. We'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll see you guys on Thursday night for our Ask Dog Central show. Take care. All right. <laughs>